0: Caution to listeners, the following podcast includes content of a graphic or distressing nature.
1: Because there's lack of awareness of who we are, we don't have the public backing us to bring that attention to the government. There's also just a long trend of neoliberal policies that was put into place to try and reduce the size of government and community organizations, so if you don't fully fund an organization they are responsible for going out to collect donations, but if the taxpayer and your donor base is the same, it's kind of confusing why you do that <laughs> instead of just fully funding an organization uh, and and then it would be less work for me as well as my board to have to go out and find that other 14 uh, percent and then some that we need to do all the things that we do in a given year.
0: Somebody Must Say These Things, a podcast made possible by the Transition House Association of Nova Scotia. Chapter 8 Violence against women is a pervasive issue. It transcends race, socioeconomics, religion, age, But despite the immensity of this issue, there are people working every day in women's shelters and transition houses to make Nova Scotia safer for women. Transition houses spread awareness about violence against women, and they also exist to provide refuge for women escaping abuse. In 1989, a provincial association was formed so these independent shelters didn't have to advocate for support alone.
1: Transition House of Nova Scotia or uh, is the member organization of transition houses and uh, violence against women organizations. Because of the nature of the work, it is a little bit um, unknown or lesser known, I suppose. Uh, So having an organization that represents all of us and um, is a very like collaborative, cooperative type of uh, organization, which ultimately we're working toward much bigger things than just running our transition houses. We have a high bar to eliminate violence against women
0: and girls. The work of transition houses is not easy. The communication network of fans allows for shelter executive directors and managers to lean on each other for support, as Helen Morrison of Willow House
2: explains. We actually meet and discuss a lot of the issues that are going on within our own shelters. How do we move forward with those? How do we respond to those We're great supports for each of each other? And, uh, and so we do a lot of, uh, you know, even in between the meetings, we do a lot of uh, back and forth about policies and procedures and and issues that we've run into that, you know, we may be having some difficulty in in, uh, responding to. When we do meet, we uh, spend a fair amount of time educating ourselves about new uh, legislation or new, new proposed legislation. We uh, respond to government uh, whenever uh, it is necessary, whether it is at their request or at our request. And so we work really hard um, on a regular basis to maintain a level of service in this province for the women and children that we work with.
0: Housing women in crisis should be enough to warrant more stable funding for both fans and the individual shelters it represents, but they also do so much more than that. Dawn Ferris of Autumn House explains.
3: We're the organization that Educates the population about our services and the need for services. We look at highlighting the work that we do across this province in ways of changing domestic violence and um, halting it and bringing awareness to it through that, but also, you know, advocating um, in communities that women know where, to, where where their resources are. The work that we do at Fans is funded uh, not at full time hours, and so we have to f- find grants fundraise spot fill for the uh, difference in our funding and what it takes to have a full-time person in the provincial coordinator's role. Uh, Just like in each of our houses across the province, we're funded through the status of uh, the Nova Scotia Advisory Council on the status of women. And um, we're funded at 80% of our, you know, our core costs. So that means every single house has to continually do fundraising to meet uh, the needs of running a full-time 24-7 staffed shelter. 80% of core costs is not enough to keep women's
0: shelters and transition houses operational. Even more shocking is the amount of funding THANS the Umbrella Organization receives. Emily Stewart of Third Place can attest to just how little funding THANS receives, and as a result, how much time has to be committed to finding grants to make up the difference. It
1: is mostly grants. Believe it or not, uh, Thans is, receives less than $50,000 in um, stable funding. So that would only pay for uh, about 20 hours a week from uh, the provincial coordinator. So she spends a lot of time writing grants and then has to fulfill the requirements of all those grants to continue uh, along with... You know, being able to be paid. (laughs) And uh, luckily, she's, uh, Shiva, who's in that position, is um, excellent at doing all of those things. So, um, right now, we have a lot of uh, funding from different grants. Uh, However, we'd really, really love to see that fully funded provincial coordinator role. So, every year, year after year, we know we have the money because it is incredibly essential where we're all so scattered and remote across the entire province to have that centralized uh provincial coordinator position it's very valuable
0: then 2020 arrived and the entire landscape of Thans changed The global COVID-19 pandemic fundamentally changed how THANS operated. We were all told to stay inside, to stay home. But as THANS knows, staying home is not safe for everyone. How could women dealing with domestic violence possibly be expected to never leave home? THANS and other women's organizations responded quickly to the crisis they began delivering services online shelters were outfitted with ppe and they advocated fervently for financial support and it worked
3: well covid has been a whole bunch of things uh different things so we've had um for the first time ever that I'm aware of, some federal money come in through uh, Women's Shelter Canada. And uh, that's been like a godsend. Um, And we've received uh, extra COVID money through um, the provincial government, through the Nova Scotia Advisory Council on the Status of Women, which has been amazing. Um, The shelters themselves have had fluctuations of uh, women, women, Increase in calls for support and outreach, um, and women hesitant to come in for shelter due to the fears of COVID. We we found that in, in wave one and a little bit in wave three, because of the fears of living communally. But every time there was a bit of a decline in access for shelter, there was been a huge increase in um, outreach services and we have just had so many needs from so many women uh, across this province. For me, uh, here in Amherst, we're a border town. We're on the border of, of New Brunswick and it really for us highlighted uh, what I think is a I'm gonna say female issue, a, you know it's a woman's problem, but I have no doubt that there's a similar a men's situation, but it highlighted the fact that there are transient women across this country that just go shelter to shelter to shelter homeless, domestic violence, and, and, and we saw them as they couldn't get past the border uh, more than we have in my four years here. Um, and I think that that's, for me, highlighted a national gap.
0: Still, violence against women seemed like an issue that impacted only a small percentage of our province. When everyone was dealing with COVID, it was easy to overlook the special needs of this minority group. It was easy to tell ourselves it isn't happening in my community or to my friends or to my family. That was until the events of Portapique in April of 2020.
1: We were on lockdown in April of 2020, and there was a, um, mass shooting spree that took place in Peak, which is in our area, and, uh, it spilled out, um, through a lot of Colchester and East Hance counties, and, um, there were a lot of, um, questions, because there was a lot of things that happened over those 13 hours and a lot of lives that were lost. And the, the official narrative has been that it was an issue of domestic violence that spread out across
0: the community. Suddenly, Nova Scotian domestic violence was front page news. Everyone cared. Everyone was concerned.
1: Last year, with the incidents of domestic violence being so publicly uh, available to people, we saw a huge increase in donations, which was amazing, as well as like the funding that came from the federal government through Women's Shelters Canada for the COVID relief was life-changing because it was my first year in the job and not having to say no to everything because of budget concerns was awesome. And I don't know how I'm ever gonna go back because like there's so much that you're up against um, when you're leaving a domestically abusive relationship and when you're uh, in a housing crisis, like being able to help a woman out with a security deposit or her power bill because she needed to keep the heat on and that wasn't possible with the budget we used to have uh however with this covid really fund additional funding through the united way we've been able to do so much more and it just inspires me to think of the potential that could happen if we just had a little bit more we're so used to doing so much with so little like you reuse your paper clips you cut up your scrap paper and reuse that like we're very good as nonprofits at working within a budget but the more we build onto that budget the more we'll be able to do and as we always say we are trying to work ourselves out of a job we don't want to be here in 40 years we shouldn't have had to be here for the last 40 years so if all of this is an investment up front and how i see it is as women's organizations we've always made ourselves small as to not you know thank you for giving us the space we don't want to rock the boat however the smaller we make ourselves the less convenient it is to actually address the root causes of these issues and I hope that if we can become better funded and more people become aware of where their money's going and why it's important that it'll kind of shift the culture to where we need it to be.
0: The funding fans received as relief funds for COVID and for the mass shooting should not be relief funds. They should be standard practice. It should not have to take a global pandemic and a mass shooting that stole the lives of 23 innocent people for women's shelters to receive adequate funding. The money we put towards Than's is an investment toward a safer future. Even when the pandemic eventually becomes a thing of the past and the mass shooting begins to feel a little less painful, violence against women won't stop. But Than's fears that the funding will. What will happen to the funding if people stop caring?
2: I think the, oh, the biggest challenges that fans t- faces. I think, uh, staying relevant, um, helping uh, the houses, uh, the different shelters uh, to stay relevant. I think that uh, some of the issues are funding, you know, lobbying for more funding, um, because the core funding that we receive from government is not really adequate. Uh, it you know there's lots of room for improving there, and so we do lobby the government a lot in regards to our needs, um, and uh, you know and then changes and educating each other and changes in legislation and or changes in response to domestic violence in our not only in our communities but also provincially um, to. Be sure that the voice of the women and children in this, uh, in this province who are uh, struggling with and or experiencing uh, domestic violence and the women who are experiencing, you know, violence against women, that their voices are kept at the forefront um, and that those voices are never lost.
0: No sustainable increase in funding has been guaranteed to THANs, and while Dawn is hopeful that the last 18 months have meaningfully showcased the need for THANs, she also believes funding will continue to be an issue.
3: The worry is always going to be funding Um, with this uh, mandate through the COVID has been very generous, both provincially and federally for funds uh, for the need for COVID. Uh, The anticipated worry is that when budgets in the future are being uh, created, both provincially and federally, um, that there might be. Cutbacks, there might be rollbacks, and that's going to be huge uh, for for us negatively um, as an organization, both individually in the houses, the shelters across this province, and as an organization at fans. Um, we're hopeful that the work we we do and the need for our services have been really highlighted through our you know provincial government, through our uh, uh, sponsors, uh, through the Nova Scotia Advisory Council and the Status of Women, um, to understand. You know, there's a need for us. We should be funded 100%. And ultimately,
0: unsustainable or insufficient funding impacts the people who need our help the most. Less funding means shelters having to cut off important services and being less accessible to women that need them.
3: I think services for the women and the children uh, in our uh, communities, in our province, the increase for when we are having to consider the differences between how much programming we can do, how much mileage staff can do. Uh, For our county, we Pugwash to Parisboro, Collingwood, um, it's a very large area. It's a three-hour from one span to the other and back again. And so outreach... um, now, we've, we've modeled differently a little bit in, in phone calls as opposed to actual face-to-face uh, appointments, but uh, lots of people in this county live in poverty and don't have access to cell phones with daytime minutes or um, have an ability to get onto internet with a laptop for a Zoom meeting. So, um, it, it would be nice if we didn't have to choose between outreach appointments and other choices, you know, with the lack of funds.
0: Staying relevant is a battle fans shouldn't have to fight. Part of the issue is ensuring the government and the public stay informed and aware about violence against women.
2: You know, when you're in the shuffle of so many different organizations and so many different people speaking uh, or doing some of this work, you know, it, it becomes more and more difficult sometimes to, to uh, make sure that those voices are heard. So I think that, you know, those are some of uh, the struggles, but it always goes back to funding, unfortunately, you know, Um, and how uh, violence against women is perceived or seen in our communities and in our province in general, and making sure that our governments are aware of the struggles and the issues that, uh, you know, women are experiencing every day and just trying to navigate the system and trying to get through the, um, you know, the many, many, many issues that trying to live within or to leave an abusive relationship creates. There's there's a lot of obstacles for women in her journey through that.
0: With more stable funding, the time and energy put towards lobbying and applying for grants could be put towards the real job, helping women in crisis. You have been listening to Somebody Must Say These Things, an eight-part series spotlighting violence against women in Nova Scotia. We all have a responsibility to support and advocate for victims of violence against women. Do your part to help make the Transition House Association of Nova Scotia 100% government funded. FANS exists to eliminate violence against women in Nova Scotia. Their organizations provide a full range of support services to women and children in a safe, supportive environment and provide survivors of violence with opportunities to learn about available resources and alternatives to facilitate informed personal choices and decisions. The vital work they do is constantly threatened by unstable, inconsistent funding. Ask your government representative to advocate for long-term, stable funding for THANs and help end violence against women. For more information, visit fans.ca. That's T-H-A-N-S dot starter.